Yeah, yeah. I used to fuck up my re Now it's the jab with my feet up. I got the money and power. Now none of these niggas can see us. What's good, everybody? What's good? Welcome back to yet another episode of Off the Strength, where we're giving you the inside look into all things wellness culture. I'm a trainer called Tony, and of course, with me, I got some gentlemen of extraordinary league guys. Let's go around the table and introduce ourselves, please. KR Jones is in the building. Good morning. You're a trainer, Corey, a.k.a. your favorite trainer's favorite trainer. That's right. Shout out to the homie Troy Brooks. He's out there doing family business. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are now in store for another variety hour. That's where we give you our best foot forward. So hopefully you take your best foot forward and stride through the week with some pride, respect, and power. God damn it. How y'all guys feeling on this MLK day today? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. I've been on a museum run. I went and hit the Brooklyn Museum. I'm going to, this week, I'm going to hit up the Museum of Natural History and try to get into the planetarium. While I'm up. I went there. It's Righteous. live in there. Yeah. I haven't been to the planetarium in a minute. That yo. used That's to be my trip, joint, son. I used to cut school and go to the planetarium when I was a kid. I ain't been in there forever in a day. That's a wild nerd flex right there. Yeah, Last yeah, time man. I went to Museum of Natural History, I was on the edible and it was wild. That Save sounds. <laughs> the dragon exhibit was crazy, wasn't it? Well, I feel like the Dinosaur. the animals that are still, like the taxidermy animals, I felt like they were moving for one. Uh-huh. For two, the planetarium seats were so comfortable I went to sleep. And then I went into the butterfly observatory, which, you know, a butterfly, like you can't touch them. No lie. It was a butterfly as big as my hands like this. And it was flying. And I was scared as I ever been because I was ready to swat at it. And I'm like, yo, get me out of here. It was nuts. You I gotta can't go. be high and fighting butterflies out here, man. We we got to do better than that in 2020. We can't have this. It yo, was a while ago, but it was great. I, you you inspired me. I'm about to get real lit. And I'm going to go watch the Planetarium movies. You know how you never yeah. go sit down and see the movie? I'm about to sit down and watch that movie. It was lit. It was the one about like the inside your body situation. Oh. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you get the bail money ready for... <laughs> Your trainer, Corey, and K.R. Jones, because they're going to be high as hell inside of spaces that they shouldn't be high I'll be high as Jesus' ankles out there. <laughs> be like that. Should not have it happen, man. You guys got anything fun coming up this week that you want to let the people know about? I'm going to let y'all know how that museum run went. That might be a lot of fun. It might I be did go now. to the Met last week. Oh, yeah? How was Again, that? I was elevated. I didn't realize how big it was, fam. It was... Whew. It was nice. I felt the exact opposite experience with the Brooklyn Museum. I remember it being bigger. That joint took 20 minutes. To just stroll through? They're well, transitioning right now. Plus, they set me up. I'm not mm. going to lie. So there was some false advertisement in there. It said it said something about like gender transition in ancient Egypt. So I was like, I don't even know what that's about. Like, What is that like? What it really was is they used to say that mummies were, were had to be male for a moment and then female. And that's the gender transition they were talking about. That's false advertisement. Y'all gave me a whole level of energy and information I thought I was going to catch. I thought there were gender transitions going on in ancient Egypt. That's what I was looking forward to. Shout out to you for that. And those transitions happening. We're going to transition right now. It's going to be a hard stop going from whatever was going on with the LGBTQ Egyptians. And we're going to kick this episode off with something called Rip from the Headlines. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We're moving on. Past whatever the hell Corey was just talking about, and we're going to keep this thing going. Now, I want to start off with the good. We're going to jump right into it with your favorite, my favorite, everyone's favorite first lady, Michelle Obama, dropping her new playlist for 2020. That's right. Michelle came in with the lyrical exercise, said it's not your lane no more, Jones. It's hers right now. Well, we got here with some of that track list That's first. That's exactly what we got to go through. Roll it out for Make me. sure that we get these tracks that she's coming in here bumping, all right? The first one that they list off of this thing is... 
a god like you from Kirk Franklin. I automatically got to call question marks into that because I don't know where you working out. <laughs> where Count a god like you? Me out. <laughs> don't hate on Michelle. If it ain't stomp, I don't want it. She's up here, man. She got some interesting things that are coming down on here. Could you guys take a guess as to any artist that might be on Michelle's list? There's gonna be some Beyonce in there at some point. You know that there had to be. They'd be Beyonce real safe on, on the hip hop. It'd be a lot of Kendrick and J Cole. You know, yeah. she got some Cardi they, on here. They only post. They only post artists that's like that's headlined awards. She so got Nipsey safe. on here. She Word. got two chains on here. Tell like, me about the nip. What nip she got? She got Hustle and Motivate, man. What two chains she got oh. on there? Let me see where the chains is at. I mean, well, he's on there. Yeah. So the rule the world. We rule the world. All right. There Future we go. Future Ariana Grande. I saw the Ariana But that's on the there. A Marie flip. That's a little soft. You know what I mean? That wasn't the, the threat bag, but I, I appreciate it. I mean, you know, there, there's a few. Cardi is on here a few times. I feel very proud of that. I see Chance on there. That's kind of safe. I'm not mad at that. What Cardi Car- song? Cardi Wild, but Cardi's, Cardi's also safe. She's so mainstream that Finesse. she's like a safe pick. She got BJ, a Chicago kid. I know what that's about. Shot Town all day. Can't be mad at that. Of course. I mean, it looks like the first. I'm not got mad it. at it. Drop. I the want curtain. some Griselda on there. She got the one, and she even broke it down from warm up to cool down. The cool down tracks is kind of getting in there too. She got the Meek Mill on the cool down. Hey. She got some A keys on there. I mean, you know, you know, Michelle was serious when she was in the gym. I just didn't know how serious or how deep this playlist got, so I had to shout out her. And we're gonna transition from one powerful, strong black woman to another coming right inside here. That's right. This past week was the first weekend that Oprah kicked off her international wellness tour, guys. And I don't even know if I want to jump deep into this. I just know that she's moving all around the world. She had people come in. They started off the day with a dance break and everybody was getting up, moving and grooving, getting the sweat going. And she had little breakout individual sessions. I need us to make the hardest possible pitch in the next 20 seconds as to why we need to be on this stop when they come to New York. They just left Charlotte. How do we get on this tour for New York City, guys? Let's go. Hi, Oprah. Hey, Oprah. Come on, man. Look, she wearing this bodysuit. You know Kyle be out here with the jumpers. <laughs> Listen, Oprah, we off the strength. We, we top five, we not five. Right? That's all you need to know. You don't need to know nothing else. Just pull up. We got you off the strength, and everything is going to be good off the strength. Corey, Oprah's coming to New York in 2020 with a wellness summit that we need to be a part of. What you got to say to Oprah right now? Oprah, look, if you really want to do this thing right, come on, sit on the stoop with your boys. You know, come down with, with us. With the quarter water? Let's sit down with the quarter water. Get Sit down on the stoop. Let's get this information Let out. Let braid your sure hair. people get the right things. <laughs> I don't know how to braid hair. I always get mine braided, but I, I'll put some work in. Come on, man. We can figure this shit it's out. It's going to be crooked. Your part's going to be off, but I'm gonna braid you. I'll braid your hair if that's what you need. It don't got to be lined up, man. We out here trying to give it back to the community. She I'm good for a foot rub. I know, I know making billions of dollars got to make your feet hurt. I got you. Yo, Oprah, let's link. And when we link, we're going to build. And when, and when we, we build, build we're going to link. <laughs> God damn it, we're going to keep that thing going. You Let's know? link like sausage. Come on. Listen, Stedman needs some off time. That's all I'm trying to let people know. You know, He can't be there all the time. He can't be your everyday 24-7 guy. Plus, like somebody got to rub your shoulders while you're getting your feet rubbed. Right? We got, we got staff to back to We got out. a team. Yeah, we, we, got we can make this happen. I think we could jump on this stage. Bring Gail, Stedman, you know, you know Dr. Phil, whoever you with. Whoever. Bring them through off the strength. Miles they will f- come through and slice cucumbers, put them right? on your eyelids. You know? We got day four versus all four. I think we could pull up We got you. Yeah. I ain't really too tough about Amy Schumer giving wellness tips out either. So I feel like we get her right up out the box, too. So that's just on my end. You know, that's just how I feel personally about it. can't beat me in one-on-one. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So we need to be a part of this, man. Name the sport. (laughs) And we're going to switch from the good to the other good to now, fellas, on this Martin Luther King Day. We do have to take a look and take a pause to look at what's going on. Because one of the main things that King was trying to push for amongst fiscal equality was wellness equality. So a man by the name of Daniel E. Dowles in the Daily News reports that on King Day, we must make note of and attack rampant health inequality. So 
he pretty much goes on through the article to detail how since the passing of the civil rights era, it has been systemically an issue with the widening gap between what health care for minorities and persons of colors are and where we are currently today. And as a part of what King was trying to do, if we're going to live in honor of King Day and everybody's going to take the day off, we should be making efforts towards taking strides to changing what's happening on the health equality front. Now, we've talked about this topic many different times throughout here. How do you guys feel about now indoctrinating this into Martin Luther King's day as a subshoot of what he was trying to push for in total system of equality? I think one one of the problems that we have when holidays give you a day off is we forget what the purpose of the holiday is. And the whole purpose is really anything that can refocus us back to what Dr. King's real messages are and what he really was trying to say. And, of course, anything that's going to involve putting more emphasis and more ideas and more energy into developing overall health is going to be something I'm for every time. They said that 10 years after he died, legislators were trying to pass the first attempt to arrow the gap between where the health inequality exists. And they acknowledged that this was going to be a gap that keeps going forward. And that was 10 years after he passed. And it's still ever expanding through to this day. Kyle, how you feeling about that, man? I feel like people should definitely do that due diligence and research to make sure that we are pushing Dr. King's points forward. Closing the health gap is something that if it happened 10 years after he passed and we're still fighting for it, it's obviously something we need to push even harder for. Ultimately, I think people need to focus more on what's going on in the world around them. And instead of just looking for that day off that Corey was talking about, do something with that day off. Make a push forward. Making a push forward. That's just exactly what Dallas is saying. And he is an acting attorney right now who's about to put out a book entitled The Political Determinants of Health. So please be on the lookout for that as we conclude Rip from the Headlines this week. Right. Wait, wait, wait. There was no bat? There was, that was the bat. It's still bad that we get in a widening gap since this man died. That was damn no ugly? <laughs> that, that is bad and ugly. I feel like that, that wow. takes care of both of those. <laughs> Facts. This I is gave you two goods and, and one bad ugly. <laughs> this, this is definitely true. I want, I want the PSA to be said that as a fitness professional, we do not get holidays off. We really don't. Everybody wants to come in on their off day. Yeah. My holiday is that Wednesday when everybody wants to sleep in <laughs> and I'm just out. That's it. Wednesday is the official fitness day off. It seemed like Wednesday has been... It's like, a hump day and a bump day. Hump and bump day? <laughs> I don't know what the bump day. is about. We're going to talk about that later. Nah, you got to tell you something I don't think I want no bump. No bump for you? I'm staying off the Nino. I'm getting away from that. <laughs> this, this is you caught her. Now, that'll make the museum trip real wild. Listen, man, I don't know what y'all got going on coming into these museums, but hopefully you're raising the standards as you move inside of that, you know, and hopefully that's the only thing you're raising as you come inside these hotels. You never know. Let everybody know what's going on. What's going on, people? We're going to raise the bar. There we go. The standards. We're going to raise a lot going on. Uh, fellas, man, I have to, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up. Beyonce's Adidas collection. Mm. Now, the colorway fire. The the presentation fire. The exclusivity of it is fire. You've seen people like Missy Elliott getting the personal box. You've seen June Ambrose. I've seen Reese Witherspoon out here. Now, my brother Tony. What up, though? Question to you Is Beyonce's drop the greatest brand partnership we've seen as of late? Part, brand partnership is an interesting way to say it. Uh, because Adidas didn't need Beyonce, for sure. I feel like she could have went to any brand, but she chose that brand, and I don't look at it as they own her. It's more of a partnership in my eyes. All right, so honestly, I don't know if she could have went to any brand and pulled that off this way. 
to be 100 with you because Nike is not giving it up like that. Nike has too many legacy acts that don't have that threshold to cross over. And Nike doesn't have a history of artists transitioning into big drops either. So they, they only have, have athletes. I would say Adidas right. has the Adidas, artists. That's what I'm saying. She couldn't sure. really go in a bunch of different spaces. Okay. Like Adidas was carved out. That's like, like Adidas is laying already. Yeah, yeah. they had, with everything that they're doing on the originals front, everything that they're doing with developing just different levels of acts. So they even have like graphic artists making shoes. So, so I think that that was that was the place for her to create. With that. that being said, is this the greatest Adidas line with that type of artist medium? I feel crazy not talking about Kanye West inside that conversation. You you can't talk Adidas and not talk Kanye. Like, I feel the only crazy reason, not acknowledging that. One of the main reasons they pivoted so hard into putting energy into creatives is one, I don't think they could compete with Nike. No, with with athletes the same way we saw with the basketball contracts. We saw what was happening, but. When it comes into where Adidas is, is positioned right now, that is almost exclusively because of Kanye. Yeah, I, I know we're not too tough on the brother right now, but you can't take away a man's accomplishments with accomplishments off. Now, my question is, is Beyonce's drop then raising the bar on anything Kanye does after this? I'd say that Adidas is more public with her alignment recently. Kanye will still drop a shoe, and you will see like that shoe being advertised, but you don't see Kanye in that advertising. Right, they're kind of purposely detaching him from where the brand is. I mean, you have to, right? And that, so, to that front, yeah, Beyonce. I walked past the Broadway store in New York, and Beyonce was on like a forty-foot billboard. And you're looking up, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, they they're really going for it. No, this is a Beyonce line, and this is Beyonce-inspired whole collaboration. So, to the public impact of it and the public perception yeah she might be getting a little bit more like closer to the brand and they're pushing her a little bit further but what he did in that on the Mount Olympus of transitioning from recording artists to making shoes you can't take that away from him I mean honestly it, it's, it looks to me from a marketing standpoint if you remove whatever personal feelings you may have about Kanye is Beyonce is essentially re- replacing the space that Kanye left open because you can't use Kanye's face like Tony was saying. You can't use Kanye's face the same way that Adidas probably would have. They had to go get someone else who had that kind of leverage and could make that kind of impact. So, Beyonce. Now, staying in that same vein, Corey, my question to you is, being as though that you avidly mix athleisure wear and streetwear on the regular, um, how would you rate the transition appeal of this Beyonce collection? Do you think women could really pull this off like, going to the gym and being out in public and going to high-end places? I think it's, again, of very along the lines of what where Kanye stood with his, with his line, where it's very little of it is actually athleisure. Like, it's based on athleisure silhouettes, and it's athleisure materials, but it's not cut like athleisure. It's not built to really be used. You're not training in Beyonce's line. You're not about to go in there and knock out some deadlifts and some of that stuff. Bro, I now, promise some of the, you. Like I, I'm not, I don't mean to cut you off. I promise you, I saw somebody yesterday working out in a full fit, like sure. a four hundred dollar full fit. No, you will, <laughs> you will. I'm not saying they won't, but that's not what it's really like. I don't think the research is really in the tech and the development no. of making it. It's it's a it's a it's a style brand. It's style people are style. going for it though. People will wear it to work out because <laughs> certain people wear expensive things to work out as a flex, just like how like Stella McCartney stuff was. Yeah, but it's not. It's not a performance forward brand it's, no. it's it's athleisure for the look is what i'm saying right, right it's right. athleisure for the look yeah people gonna train in it but people train in yeezys too you shouldn't yeah that's not what they're for so we've stumbled into my next question of the difference between streetwear and luxury apparel is there a difference very much so how so who it's targeting 
one is the main purpose. So who it's targeting, who it's for. You're you're developing the product for different people. So you're going to develop that product differently. The advertising is going to be different. The marketing is going to be different. The the product itself is going to be positioned differently. But if we're talking in a sense of something like a hoodie, t-shirt, jeans, stuff that will fall into that streetwear column just because it's made with quality, does that make it luxury? Or, like, I'm thinking of that type of... I think the line has moved, honestly. In recent years, for sure, that line has transitioned from where streetwear, I'm talking about, like, the Karma Loop days, the Rock the Casbah, like, all of the underground people who could get into... How would you define streetwear? What it used to be was a subshoot of what sneaker culture was, and it was just people printing whatever they could, doing their own graphic design, printing tees, and then that elevated from tees to hoodies, and then you get all the rest of that kind of stuff that kind of comes across. And I think... You look at a lot of people giving Virgil a hard time for the Pyrex transition to the off-white. All the rest of that kind of stuff is where it blurs the line between where streetwear stopped and where luxury started. Because then Bloomingdale started carrying all of this stuff, right? Bloomingdale's wasn't going to carry Pyrex like that. They were trying. <laughs> they were out there shopping, trying to figure it out. It was in know? Barney's for sure. Like, they were looking around. Yeah, but it didn't move. It. Depends on who you're talking to. Buyers were going out and picking it up. Yeah. That's fact. They went out and bought in bulk, and that's why he's doing what he's doing today. I think that line moved. And then there's also the erosion of, at least in my opinion, Eurocentric design being the only type of design that people care about. So for a long time, when you said luxury, you only meant European type things, right? And it had to be of this quality, of this thing that had came, to be leather or right? look a certain way. I think. Or at least I, I could say with my bias, I'm personally not as attracted to stuff that comes from that just because it's European, it has to be luxury. And I think that you're also seeing people like the uh, Pyre Moss or anybody that's inside of Pierre. Pierre starting to embrace their own things like, no, we can make high level, high brow stuff too. And it's going to be impacted by the things that we thought were cool. So if I thought hoodies were cool, I'm going to give you a $400 hoodie. And it's going to be quality because these are the materials that I put together. This is all the rest of that. It's not any less luxury than the other components because you're putting the value into it. Now, one of the definitions that I got from a friend of mine, shout out to my boy Jeremy. I, was, I asked him the same question. And he said the difference between streetwear and luxury would be there has to be some type of cut and sew process. Like if I'm cutting and sewing something, then that means that it's going to elevate it to another level of something of a luxury. When I personally think of streetwear, I think of it came from the music culture, the hip hop culture. It was big. It was loud. It was flashy. It was braggadocious in a way. So I think of that as being streetwear. And that transition is a little wild. But I only brought this up because I was watching an interview when Virgil was like, streetwear is dead. And that's when they were talking about (laughs) what comes after that. You know, of course, you're going to say something died if you're the one who took you it killed over. killed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I took it over. One of the main differentiating factors that used to be was, one, price point, and two, is general acceptance. And since streetwear and luxury brands are now starting to meet each other, because luxury brands did the same thing, just like you were talking about, how they looked out, they sought out Virgil. They sold, but they didn't make the numbers they wanted to make, which is why Off-White became what Off-White is. So they said, okay, streetwear can move, but how do we get it to move this way? And that's where the transition happened. And luxury brands are trying to meet streetwear. Streetwear is trying to meet luxury brands and they're coming in the middle. The price point's coming up and the elitism is coming down because the eliteness that came from European brands and the mind of consumers is starting to lose out because the new consumers want streetwear more and they still have the same amount of purchasing power. Everyone has started to realize that you don't have to buy European brands just to spend a lot of money. Fact. So once streetwear moved into there, then the whole transition tamed and that's 
I think where people are leaving that quote of saying streetwear is dying or streetwear is dead. It's more of the line that streetwear now can compete at least relatively close to where luxury brands are competing. So streetwear isn't doing the same things as streetwear used to do. Still feel that line is blurred, but I will say that there are two types of people in this world. There are those that pay for dope stuff and those that get paid to wear dope stuff. Okay. So with that being in mind, during our last podcast, we talked about being in between success and what that feels like previously for a little while. And I would consider us as some local celebs. You know, people know people know us. They stop me in the street for directions. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's being a celebrity? Yeah, for sure. Now, with that being said, my question to the both of you. In this in-between space that we're in right now, what is the best free item you have ever received? I got to go back to that three-day getaway that I got from a company that won't be named, but they from up top. They from the up north. Six God and all the rest of that stuff. You know, three days in a nice hotel with a bunch of eating and dining. I'd say that that's a pretty solid come up. Okay, we're not going to name that. You want to elaborate? You want to stretch that out a little bit more? If you're following online and you could pay attention to what's going on, there's a nice little docu-series, like a mini-doc that goes along with it and on what we did. But, yeah, in the 2020 that I see, we talked about that reciprocity. Yeah, you're not getting mentioned without cutting check. You well, know how that time, how that well, time goes. set the feel up. Let me know why this, this free item felt so good. Was I it mean, the people? Was it the community? Was yeah. it the vibe? I will say being amongst creatives from all different categories, so. So they were pro athletes, they were chefs, they were recording artists, there was a little bit of everything all inside of this one hyper-focal place at one point in time, and we all got to exchange, create, and just be celebratory of everybody's mindset and where they're trying to go and how they're trying to you know, take their, their art to the next level. So that was really important to be noticed, I think, more than anything else. And then, yeah, wearing some dope stretchy pants and stuff that comes along with that, you can't go wrong. Say less. What you got, Corey? I think the, the best free thing I've ever gotten, honestly, was advice. The gentleman sat down with me, and he moves and shakes with, like, really big names and has done really impressive things. And one, just taking the time to sit down, because I understand how valuable my time is. So, obviously, the more leverage you have, the more valuable your time will be. And he sat down, and he was like, you are going to have to have this conversation with somebody else at some point. And remember the time I took to give it to you and be prepared to give that time to somebody else. But... This is the most valuable thing you have. The most valuable thing you have is your time. Your time is the only thing you can't get back. And in his explanation of that and really understanding how important that time was, it, one, was really impactful for me in respecting my own time and also in understanding how important your individual time is and why it's necessary to give it and who you should select on who you give it to. So the insight from that was far more valuable than if I went on a trip or saw a thing or got an item or got hooked up with some kicks or something like that because this helped me become better. That's a beautiful story, but I was talking items, brother. I was mm-hmm. <laughs> talking about the flex. I was talking about the flex, but now I appreciate that, man. That's love, and that's true. I can't re- necessarily recall the best gift I ever have. It would probably be I had a 50% off, or maybe I'm lying. It might have been like 70, 70 or 80% off gift card for your entire purchase mm. at a brand that won't be mentioned. That's right. After training a client very high up in that brand. Yeah. Nonetheless. <laughs> So with that being said, that's 70% off. I went right to their brick and mortar in the city. This was a minute ago. It's not even there anymore. And I went in. 
Seventy percent is a pretty steep discount. That's a lot, fam. When I got to the register, you might as well give it to me free for seventy. No lie, the ring up was like it had to be at least five thousand dollars when I got to the register. When the price came down, be careful with this math. I'm 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 telling you, when it, when the price came down, it came to maybe like thirteen hundred. <laughs> like legit and I was like, He's like yeah, so it wasn't free but it was damn near free <laughs> and I was laced that whole winter and uh, it was just love I just wanted to bring that up I thought it was important in this athleisure kind of moment we were having musically I can't say that I've listened to anything new I've dipped back into my old school bag for those that do follow me on Spotify, if you don't, you probably should because you're missing out. I got a Days Before Drake playlist, and I was bumping that all weekend. <laughs> so nothing but old school. If you see me posting, this some old school shit. I will take this time to let the folks know our YouTube channel is live. Look at that. Search Off The Strength. Uh, our season two trailer and first episode is up. Get those views up. Let me know what you think. I think that's all I got. All right, Young Jones, appreciate you for raising that bar for us, homie. Of course. That's I feel up. you in that music, son. I was in a real Ella Fitzgerald, Nina Simone bag this weekend. I've been there. Yeah, I was I've really, been there. I was deep in that. Deep in the Nina bag. Yeah. What happens in the Nina bag when you're inside that? Man, uh, I honestly, sometimes you need to kind of relax your mind. I had a lot of things that I've been like doing, and Nina is kind of one of those those types of sounds. Like It's like the right pace. And then the right, like, just the way her voice works in my head, it just makes me feel comfortable. Of course. And it lets me kind of just ease my mind and relax. That's like, it's like the closest thing to meditation music to me is like Nina and Ella and, you know, music along that genre. So it gets you a little bit more clear. Is what Clarity is what I'm looking for. Look at that. A All right. Moment. You got a whole moment with Ella. Yeah. Let us know what's going on with this moment of clarity, man. Thank God for giving me, you know. What I want to get into is actually something that I touched in mind sex in the previous season so last season we talked about touch in mind sex and i want to go back through it in moment of clarity and talk about it one a little bit differently and talk about the evolution of the experience with touch and how we're looking at it now and also really just i want to go back and dive into some of the things that we've touched before and this will be the first one i think this is the most the best way to start going back and really retouching what we did season one some of the things so one, touch when I talked about touch the first time, I talked a lot about the connection that you can create from making physical contact with people. And that essentially pressure is in touch, but it's more about the connection that is about the actual pressure and the response involved. It's a transfer of energy. It's a different type of stimulation. And we still are approaching it sometimes the wrong way. Because of like a lot of the me tooness and the ideas that we've had about touch, we are disconnected with how we touch people. We don't touch people the same way. A lot of our touch is laced in trepidation. And we're trying to make sure in the, in the process of trying to make sure that we don't touch people the wrong way or have people misinterpret our attempt to touch. We are now, at least I find that I'm touching people with a little bit of fear and a little bit of hesitation involved in it. And it's an unfortunate reality, but it is necessarily it is a necessary reality and the fact that we have to reevaluate our relationship with touch and how we touch people and how we reach out and touch others so that we can go back to being comfortable with it again. I think this discomfort that we have with touch is a necessary thing to learn how we interact and to make sure that our touch is always received in the way that we intend it and that we're not forcing ourselves into situations that we shouldn't be into. So when we're looking at touch, we have to look at it from the idea of that 
when we reach out and we extend energy, we also absorb some, but we also can change how people feel in that moment and how people are feeling and how you yourself are feeling by that exchange. So touch needs to be far more intentional than it's been in the past. And one of the things that I've found myself doing is explaining to people why I reach out to touch them, especially in my practice, especially in massage work and in training, explaining why I touch people and why I reach out to them and understanding that everyone is not going to be receptive or understand touch the same way. So it now has to be acknowledged. I think that's very useful. And I think that can be expanded into more of what we do in our everyday. So our touch isn't just a physical thing. It's also an emotional thing and it can be a spiritual thing. So when you look at how you're touching people, look at how you're touching people, not just physically, but also emotionally, how your voice reaches, how your tone reaches, how your emotions reach and what you're giving someone else when from the mind state that you're in. So when you interact with other people, there is going to be some kind of exchange and you have to be aware of that. And no one can tell you how to touch people or what to intend when you touch. But I can tell you that you should be aware of it and you should do your your touch and your extension with intent and tony i want to start out with you because i have a question that's very directed to you um because you're famously known for not wanting to be touched without permission or without knowledge of coming from why is it that touch became such a valuable and important thing to you and where is it with you is it the same as it was when we first started i'd say i'll say it like this i value my energy and i feel like we can often put ourselves in positions where people will not use that the best so if i'm touching in that perspective if i'm putting my time my energy my effort into somebody mm -hmm. then i need to know that that's coming back my way in some way shape or form or at least that's received with the level of intention that i wanted it to have and i am guarded against people giving me bullshit energy is really what it comes down to because a lot of people put out bullshit energy all the time and here's what you said here's what you did and here's the intention that you really have but here's all the stuff that's behind it like i'm guarded against that and i just through the years i think my sniff test got a little bit better so i don't really like the falseness that comes along with a lot of what i perceive as you know people just manipulating in a in a real intense way and it comes across in a lot of different ways in which i try to navigate through the city so i see it in business conversations i see it in pseudo friend conversations i see it in a lot of different areas. So that's kind of where that guard comes from. I value actual touch and actual connection when I do see it because it's so rare, especially in, I'd say, most of the professional industries. When you come across somebody that actually cares, that's a valuable relationship to have. So for you, the touch is more about the like authenticity of the intent and yeah. the reciprocation. You can lead a bullshit at the door. I don't need it. I never want it. I don't need the false celebration. All the rest of that kind of stuff can just stay to the side. So my touch is, let's make sure that it's authentic and then... Anything else that's not, I don't want it. Word. As the spiritual musical guide of the show, my friend. <laughs> what up? So I'm going to take touch in a different direction. I'm taking it with Tony. Lay it on me. Because we know how you live. <laughs> so your most, not necessarily your first, but your the, the one that really, the memory of touch that really stands out in your mind. What's the soundtrack to that touch? The memory of touch that stands yeah, out? Yeah, like that first, like like a lot of times I would say like the first experience you really had that was heavy with touch, but the one that stands out the most in your mind, like when you think about touch, 
the moment that pops up. Like this was the first time I really understood touch and I was doing it well. And this is the moment. What was the music? What was the soundtrack? What was playing? What was going feel like on? you're setting me up for a nasty story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You hear this? this that's that's kind of where, that's the, that's where you're taking it. Get I mean. indicted hotline right here. Yeah, it sounds like. So if I'm thinking about music and touch, I'm thinking about movies that I grew up with. Right. So I think about something like uh, the sex scenes always and like love and basketball. Like the, what was that, Maxwell that I was playing? <laughs> or um, what else? In the Wood. The Luther Vandross, if this were were mine, like those are were songs that I feel like were subconsciously put in my mind for the moment, right? Mm-hmm. So when you get to the moment, I need to hear this, so I need to hear that, um, and not even necessarily the sex scene. Even in, in the wood when they went dancing with Alicia and the Luther came on, he was like, "Yo, make sure you grab her hand and dance to her with this." Like yeah. that's when you think about touch. Uh, so. That's where my mind went mostly. I can't even really think of any other things. Like I remember when I went home, I had the uh, the sex mix, the CD. <laughs> you got the sex tape? Yeah, of course. I had the one you had to put a pencil in and roll the tape back. No, no, no. I had a, I had the CD that I would play, <laughs> and I went through the track list, and it was horrible. I was like, I don't know why this even existed or what I was doing to this in high school, but it was nuts. So. I can only think of one time in particular, and this is fairly new, uh, PSA for the, the women out there. Make sure that you invest in a man that knows the body because that massage is going to be way different than the dude you ask who studied finance. Damn. That's All right. valid. Just putting that out there. Now, with that being said, this was around the time when uh, Drake had dropped So Far Gone again. Right, so that it had just hit streaming platforms. So it wasn't that long ago. It was relatively new. Like that's like three months ago. No, nah, it was longer than that. It was longer than three months. <laughs> at ago. least eight. But yeah, it was at least eight, somewhere around there. So, it's like, nonetheless, it was that, that hit streaming platforms. And when I tell you, I gave a full body massage to that album. Oh, okay. better be careful. This timing starting to look a little you, different. You were giving a specific time. I didn't but, expect. But timeline is looking different. What I'm trying to tell you is it wasn't a, it was nothing sexual about it, but to play that music mixed with the massage that I was giving, legendary. Just saying. I'm going to be revered for life for that one massage. Okay. I'm still trying to understand how you were playing. You went from playing Luther Vandross to somebody who was clearly born after 1995. Of course. <laughs> because this is, this is Jones. But you know, man. I jump in so between this there. This is why Jones is so interesting. Because I, I knew jump. I was not going to get. After 95. I was not going to get no <laughs> yeah. base level, yo, Jodeci. I was not going to get that. I knew I wasn't going to get that. You know what? The, the Luther and the Marvin hit a lot different when you're dealing with somebody that didn't grow up in that area, who doesn't know, or is foreign to the States. And it's like, yo, I'm playing this Marvin, and you from. The Ukraine, it's like, this is not really going to hit the way it's supposed yeah, to hit. Yeah, you're giving a lot of specific information. I'm out. just saying. <laughs> I'm just I'm just laying it out so you can play it out. That's Yo, it. Got it. Let me t- my go-to track for, for a massage, like if I'm taking it from a professional work massage to a more personal sensual massage, mm-hmm. it does not sound like a song that works well, but it works well so well. Okay. Um, in a sentimental mood, I think it's Duke Ellington. The sentimental. I was mood, listening right? to that today on the subway. That, that great song. song. It, the way it comes up, the, the little keys, the, the way the keys work, the, the, just the cadence of the song. Of course, the micro crescendos that are built into it make that, for that it. horn. The way that horn be cutting. It just there's yeah. a sensual aspect to that song, and there's a mood in it that um, 
it's not it's not melancholy and somber in my mind the way it was described in Love Jones. Yeah. I think it's more He said it once, sad. Yeah, he said it was melancholy and, and and melancholy to me kind of leans towards somber. I got you. But in my mind it's not that. I think it's more sensual. And I think when you're doing something that's really hypersensual, then the mood is deeper and sometimes depth is perceived as something that's melancholy. I'm with you 100%. That's what's up. I want to transition from the deeper melancholy sensual position, but still stay in the relaxation aspect. I want to try out a new segment. I want to talk about relaxing responsibly, guys, because we are living in high intense times and there's fast flying, all different types of deals coming back and forth. I want to get into how we actually break out this whole relaxation and recovery vibe. So I want to ask you guys, gents, how are we recovering coming into this next week from all the stresses of the week? Can you please give me a little bit of insight into how you like to not turn up but turn down a little bit coming on? Well, Tony. Well. It's funny you asked. I did. Because <laughs> just yesterday I went to an experience for the first time. Uh, I went into what I thought would have been a sensory deprivation chamber. Okay. But it was a new space that was built around recovery that I was checking out in the city in Flatiron. And it was a flotation device that was a replica of a sensory deprivation tank so i still covered my eyes i had the noise cancellation headphones on and i was lowered down into like what would feel like water but it wasn't really water it was more of like a plastic kind of situation like a bed it was a bed but it was like i was floating okay essentially and it was an interesting feeling because you are the water is, is the temperature of your body, so you don't really feel it, and it allows you to just go deeper into your mind mm-hmm. and actually relax. And I was in and out for it. I mean, I, full disclosure, you know, I hit a joint before I went in. You can't trust nobody <laughs> these days. You know what I mean? You got to stay focused. I don't, I don't know if that's how you do that, but all right, that's how you do it. <laughs> so I went in there, and uh, I'm laying out. I'm cooling out, and the waves and sensations were were deep because you could you couldn't do anything else like mm-hmm. i was in a state where my body wouldn't let me go to sleep but it knew enough to know that it had to relax mm-hmm. and you don't get that moment often enough i was there for an hour and it was a great experience i got up and went on about the rest of my day right on man Corey, what you got going on how are you relaxing responsibly this week my first step to relaxing is um two ways one i, I relax in motion a lot but when i'm like stationary relaxing the main thing i have to do one is change the music i have to get i have to take i need something to replace the outside sounds because for me and one of the things that'll quickly pull me out of a meditative or relaxed state is like abrupt sound changes if i hear loud noises or i hear voices that i recognize my mind goes to oh what's that person doing what's thinking and then i start to think and then i'm now out of my state Right. So I change the sound is the first step. And then I focus on my own breathing and I try to dive into the cadence of my own breath. And as I slow that cadence down, which is why I pick typically slower music for this particular moment, as I slow my my breath cadence down and my heart rate catches up with everything and everything lines up, I'm immediately very relaxed. I just have to get the music, my breathing and my heart rate in the same line. And then I'm in a good place. And then I'm then I can 
start to focus on individual relaxation of different muscles and going through all those exercises? Yeah, I'm trying to get into that specifics, you know. So I want to get down into the, the nitty gritty of like what actual actions we're doing on that recovery tip. So like for me, for instance, this week, I'm trying to relax responsibly by really getting back into that deep tissue work and flossing of the joints, everything inside there to really make mobility a focal point for me coming into the next month or so. So I'm doing everything from going back into my bag of tricks with all of the foam rolling stuff, going back into different mobilizations, everything from that PT world I'm trying to bring back into this week. And I'm also going to try to elevate and get a little bit more into kind of like what you were saying um, with the sensory deprivation. But I want to go to the actual place and, and hit up lift and get a real flow. Let on. me know. We're going to do this. We're going to make around. this happen. That's the homie Todd Peso from Super Trip is <laughs> definitely over there making, making stuff happen. Pass that, my brother. Yeah, we're going to make this work. So we got we got to link up with them anyway to make this happen. So I'm looking forward to doing a little bit of that this week. Now, I did try that bed that you were talking about too, Kyle, for a little bit. Does it have like different lights and stuff going on inside there? It wasn't any lights. It was from a t- it was from Italy, actually. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. All right. So yeah, it was that. It, it was I didn't see the lights because my eyes were closed the whole mm-hmm. time. But sure, I'm, I'm assuming it probably had lights. It's a weird kind of thing. Are you talking about that thing with all the UV rays and like the the lights are on either side of the wall? It kind of looks like a tanning bed that inflates. And it okay, you up. I haven't been on that, but I know what you're talking about. It's a it's a different type of sensation. I could say for what they want it to be, to try to be that one-off, like, okay, this is going to be just as good as you getting into the actual sensory deprivation in the water. It gives you similar feelings. It's not the same. It can't be because the water makes you feel completely different, and the, the salt of the water actually makes you feel... A lot more. It's hard to it's hard to like, simulate the buoyancy. buoyancy has yeah, to be different. you can't feels, simulate buoyancy. You feel no. like you're literally floating. Like in when I last time I actually had a sensory deprivation float, I felt like I could have been going down a river for days. Yeah. Inside of that glove floaty thing, you know that you're in the same position. And they queued up a meditation kind of thing. So in my headphones, I could hear somebody talking, and I couldn't get out of my head like, "Yo, she's not real. I can't listen to nothing she's saying. Like this, <laughs> this is trash." Yeah. Like where's the brother at to come in? Yo, fam. We got to get Kenji on it. This what you Jackson. need. Yeah, exactly. Well, calm down, mother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gonna get these meditate, <laughs> motherfucker. Didn't get- I say relax? Did I say relax? Honey birds on him. Get Kenji on the situation, man. We get him to come in here, start recording again, man. Shout out to that brother. Over Facts, there. but we need that. We need that diversity in that realm of wellness because it is not present, and it sucks when you're there. And that goes right back to the whole aspect of why you see that gap. In that, you know, not just the wellness side, but in the basic healthcare for the people of color in general, right? It ties that right back up in there. What's up, Corey? I think I might be doing sensory deprivation wrong because I feel like when I'm in sensory deprivation, I feel the hell out of everything. Meaning? Like when I'm floating in the water, like I feel, I feel the fact that I'm floating and feeling like I'm floating is so different. That that's the only thing I'm thinking about. Okay. So it's almost like the sensory I mean, deprivation is giving me a whole bunch different. of new sensations, and I'm I'm doing it wrong because I'm in here like yo, I'm floating yo, this is crazy. I don't think yo, there's a right or wrong I feel mad way. different. Let me move my finger. Look at the ripples. I feel the ripple when I move my finger. Like <laughs> I'm in there feeling all types of extra. It's almost like the exact opposite. It's like when you try not to think of somebody, so that's all you think about. When I I've I've done it twice, and both times I did sensory deprivation, I was just overloaded with senses. I can agree that you are a different type of person. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to let you be different. You do that own time. It is on you. <laughs> like you could do whatever you got, whatever you feel. I want you to feel that. It looks great on you. You got it. You relax. So y'all responsibly. didn't feel none of that. You gonna relax responsibly nah. your own way. You wasn't really into the fact that you was floating. That's Sam, I was thing. in plastic. I wasn't really floating. He didn't float, but you floated, right? I did float. And again, 
the best thing about this relaxation journey is that it's your journey, man. So you you got that. <laughs> you, Nobody can have you your journey, that. fam. They can't take it from you. you know, they all float down here. Y'all ain't watch it. We're going to keep this rocker, <laughs> man. We're going to keep that relaxation coming through. I want to make sure we check in every week to see how everybody's doing. All right, before we get up out of here, fellas, you got anything that you want to let the good listeners know about? Let them know how we moving, how we grooving, what's coming up on this next week? Anything turning around? Again, next week, I plugged it, but this might be the second time or the first time you hear it. Go ahead, go for it again. Either way, uh, I will be teaching, rather, if you will, a yoga class at Hill House on the 26th of January from 7.30 to 9.30. It will be a talk from an event put on by Canna Exclusive. I don't need to go any further into that, but just know it should be an elevated experience. Mm. It's a talk about adulting, and the theme is adulting is hard. So there'll be conversations, there'll be teas, there'll be lots of stimulation going on. So please pull up. You can go to Hill House website. You can click on the link in my post, Canada Exclusive, anywhere. But the 26th of January from 730 to 930 p.m. at Hill House in Brooklyn. I will be there, and I will be floating. Hopefully you are floating in something that actually you can float in. Hey, look, <laughs> like you just, just told in. me that I get to do feel things the way I want to feel. Yo, so don't give up. me permission to feel and tell me how I'm supposed to feel. Make I'm sure floating. that you get everybody at Heel House to know that this man might be coming in dry and wet at the same time. We don't, I don't understand know if he's paying works. attention to the <laughs> wet experience. Dry. Wet dry. <laughs> I don't know if he's paying attention to the experience, but I ain't gonna be the only one floating. I don't know what he got going on, but we gonna we gonna let that rock, man. You know, it's a, it's a it's a family establishment. We got to keep that in mind <laughs> for sure. Corey, you got anything going down? Nah, man, I'm floating. All right, float on then, homie. Float. <laughs> float. My name's float. Larry. He's going to float. <laughs> and I'm a cancer. Yeah, he's going to get all that float going, man. Once again, it's been another fantastic episode of Off the Strength. I'm a trainer called Tony. K.R. Jones. You're a trainer, Corey. Shout out to the homie Troy. Peace and much love to y'all. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Peace. <laughs>